How many of you glad his mercies are new every single day? We thank the Lord for it. And the thrust of that song is it's realizing that that keeps us out of discouragement and depression and despair. And uh, we, we, are, we are guilty of blaming our circumstances for our mental state. And Jeremiah said, this I recall to my mind. So sometimes you got to quit waiting for somebody to get you out of your mess. You just got to remember what you have. He said, if I could get what I need, I'd be fine. Jeremiah said, I had it. I just forgot it. And thank God for the reminder tonight, his mercies are new today. All right, let's go to the book of Esther. And we thank the Lord to get back here for God to allow us to see what he's saying to us. Esther chapter number eight. Some wonderful, wonderful nuggets here in the word of God. Exactly what we need for God to help us right where we are. Esther chapter number one. Let's go to verse number four, could we? Esther Y'all stop talking in church. Okay. Okay. If you know where you're supposed to be, just go there. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the script. It's up on the screen. Did y'all move to one when I said one? Esther, you, you listened to what I said the first time, right? You knew it. You know, don't, don't pay no attention to me. I don't know what I'm talking about. Esther chapter 8, verse number 4. We're all on the same page. Agreement from the peanut gallery. All right, praise the Lord. <laughs> Esther 8, verse number 4. Then the king held out the golden scepter toward Esther. It's a personal response to a personal request. Aren't you glad the king, when you pray, responds to you personally? The, the scepter was held out to Esther. So Esther rose and stood before the king. Access into the king's presence. She had it, and so do we. Hebrews chapter 4, through the blood of Jesus, we have boldness to enter the throne of grace. Amen? And said, if it please the king, and if I found favor in his sight, and if the thing seemed right before the king, and if I be pleasing in his eyes, we talked about this, let it be written to reverse the letters devised by Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, which he wrote to destroy the Jews, which are in all the king's provinces. How can I endure to see the evil that shall come unto my people? How can I endure to see the destruction of my kindred? Somebody burdened about somebody else. Then the king Hazarus said unto Esther the queen and Mordecai the Jew, Behold, I have given Esther the house of Haman, and him they have hanged upon the gallows, because he laid his hand upon the Jews. Write ye also for the Jews as it liketh you. Talk a little, little bit about that tonight. In the king's name. Strong language there. Seal it with the king's ring. Strong language there. For the writing which is written in the king's name and sealed with the king's ring may no man reverse. Then were the king's scribes called at that time. In the third month, that is in the month of Sivan, on the 3 and 20th day thereof, and was written according to all that Mordecai commanded unto the Jews, and to the lieutenants and deputies and rulers of the provinces which are from India unto Ethiopia, 
Remember we talked about that at the very beginning of this book where Ahasuerus' reign spanned from. I mean, all of that. Ahasuerus had a wide range of leadership. And that didn't always seem very favorable at the beginning of the book, but it sure is favorable now. Mordecai commanded unto them. Now notice the Bible says, according to the writing thereof, in verse number nine still, and unto every people after their language, and to the Jews according to their writing, and according to their language. Verse 10, everybody there? And he wrote in the king Ahasuerus' name, and sealed it with the king's ring, and sent letters by post on horseback, and riders on mules, camels, and young dromedaries. Let the church say amen. Father, add thy blessing to the reading of your word, for it is already blessed. Cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, and fill me with your spirit. Help me to be a blessing. I pray you hide me behind the cross of Christ. Use the Bible as you have time and time again. We love you, we bless you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. We've labeled this section the exacted punishment. We're at the point in the story where the tables are turning. <laughs> How many of you glad when things all of a sudden start turning your way? And it's the patience of the believers that we have to have, trusting the Lord, believing that God is what? Working behind the scenes. Talk to me, God is what? Working behind the scenes. Again, everyone, God is what? Working behind the scenes. I've got to believe that. By the way, let me just put this in your head for just a moment. If you don't believe God is working behind the scene, you ain't going to keep working on the stage. Okay, and listen, let's just be honest. When we quit working, it's because we stop believing God's still working. That's why faith without works is dead. That's why whatsoever is not of faith is sin. That's why without faith it is impossible to please him. I'm just trying to tell you, the Christian that runs out of steam by doing that, he's saying that God has run out of steam too. Now, we know theologically that God never runs out of steam, but practically we're saying when we quit that God has quit because if God has not quit, we should never quit because if God be for us, who can be against us? Somebody say amen. So here is Esther Mordecai learning the benefit of perseverance. The benefit of pressing on the exacted punishment, the recognized plot of, of Haman, the retributive penalty, it comes back on him, the remarkable presentation. We get into verse number eight. Now, not only has God eliminated Haman at the hand of Ahasuerus on the behalf of Mordecai and Esther, but now he is giving Haman's stuff to Esther and Mordecai. He not only wipes out our enemies, he gives us our enemies' stuff. And by the way, that principle is replete all the way through Scripture, where God not only wipes away the enemies, but the people of God get to enjoy the spoils of the men. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Just because enemies prosper for a time doesn't mean that's bad for you because when God eliminates them, it is their prosperity that becomes yours. Amen. God knows how to turn. God knows how to turn. Remember, remember Egypt and when Joseph was there? I mean, Egypt is, is, is prospering and, and growing and, and, and Joseph is a slave there and and it's not really in his benefit for Egypt to prosper. But when God turns the tables, it's the prosperity of Egypt that Joseph is now managing and dispersing. 
That's why you have to believe it. Say it again. God is working behind the scene. Watch this now. God is working behind the scene. When people that hate you are prospering, when people that do wrong are prospering, when enemies of God are prospering, when people that do bad seem to be doing well, when people that aren't worshiping God seem to be growing and those that are seem to be losing, you've got to believe that God is not on vacation when your enemies are prospering. You've got to believe that God is not forgotten when your enemies are prospering. You have to believe that sometimes God lets people go to the top so that when they go to the bottom, what they got at the top transfers to you. And now the resulting promotion. Here's Mordecai. Promoted, looking again at our text, chapter 8. Mordecai now is promoted. He's over the house of Haman, verse number 2. And here comes Esther with a requesting process, falling down before the king, begging him with tears to look out on the behalf of the Jews. Esther understands, yes, Haman is dead, but there's a decree that Haman got passed before he died that is still in action. And so, King, thank you for his stuff. Thank you that he's dead. But all of us that are here tonight understand that the work of dead people can still go on after they've left. So Esther's request is, King, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's why, by the way, folks, we don't need to just be moved by the reception of stuff. Just because people give you stuff doesn't mean there's not a plot still against you. The devil will distract you with vigilance to what he's doing by being quiet when you inherit stuff. Esther said, it's good to get Haman's estate, but I don't just want Haman's estate. I want you to change what Haman put into practice. So she begs him and she begs the king. King holds out his scepter and gives her receptive permission. And then her respectful plea to the king is, if I found favor, if this thing seemed right. Last week, we talked about that last week. Here's Esther's plea to the king. She said, I want you to answer on my behalf, but I want the answer to come on my behalf if I found favor, if it seemed right, and if it be pleasing. It's the way we ought to pray as believers. Just talked about a few moments ago. God, I want you to answer my prayer, but only if I found favor, only if it pleases you, only if it seems right. God, answer my prayer if it's right. Answer my prayer if it's favorable. Answer my prayer if it pleases you. Don't tell me yes just because I asked for yes. Tell me yes because my yes fits your yes. Ladies and gentlemen, our prayers need to fit the mind of God. Praying in the will of God. Now, we got prayerless, and we should. We got prayer with us, and we should. When we get upset that God doesn't answer our prayer, we are saying that what we think supersedes what he thinks. We, we, we have to pray. There's nothing wrong with praying. Paul asked three times for God to remove the throne in the flesh, and God said, my grace is sufficient for you. Here's what Paul had to conclude. I'm asking God to take away something that he intends for me to have. So I'm going to quit asking him to take it away, and I'm going to ask him to give me the grace to live with it. Maybe, maybe, maybe we need to change our prayer request to God do this, from God do this to God give me the grace to deal with you not doing this. Grace will enable you to keep on going even when you don't get your request answered. And now we're going to look at what I call the reversing procedure. Look at verse number six. Remember Esther says, how can I endure? It is, it is the hurt of her people that moved her to pray. Can I ask you a question? Were you begging God this morning for somebody else? You can't hurt for people till you love them. Let me say that again. You can't hurt for people till you love them. 
That's why selfish people don't know how to pray. Because everything they're asking is always for themselves. Self, selfless people will hit their knee. They'll, they'll risk their lives. Watch this now. It, 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 it's very strong possibility that at this point that at the very least Esther's safe. I mean, Haman's devised something. The king's found out about it. I, I'm just banking on the fact there's no way the king is going to let his queen get destroyed. If Esther was selfish, you know what she, she would have said? You know what? Long as I'm safe, forget the rest of it. No, no, she says, I got Haman's estate. I'm clear. I'm in the palace. King, you got my back. But I can't be comfortable fine by myself when my people aren't. And there ought to be enough saved people in church done on a Wednesday night that are saved on their way to heaven by the grace of God but aren't comfortable being saved when people you love are going to hell. How much time did you spend praying for somebody else's soul? How much time do you consider, consider all those who still have a target on their back, whose souls have not been redeemed, whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life. Boy, boy sometimes we, we're so focused on our own predicaments, we don't figure, we don't re realize how much better we have it than everybody else. Look at me tonight. The worst day in the life of a believer in the center of God's will is better than the best day of somebody who's out of God's will. That's what you gotta, you gotta tell yourself. Now you ought to be, you ought to be, here's what I like about Esther. Here's what I tell you how you can spot a selfless person in the midst of a selfish, selfish world. Let me say that again. A selfless person in the midst of a selfish world. Here's what it is. The higher up a selfless person goes, the more that person uses his authority, his resources, his access her privileges to help other people. Listen, the higher you get, the more people you ought to be helping. Now, here's what Esther's saying. While I got you, King, while this scepter is out, while you've allowed me to come in, listen, there is not another Jew in the province that's standing in front of the king. Listen to me now. If you have access to God, you say, I got a bunch of family members. They don't love God. They don't serve God. They don't do right. They're not in church. I got a bunch, bunch of people at work. They don't live for God. They don't honor God. Listen, you ought to be using your access before God to pray on the behalf of other people. Stop using your access all for yourself. This was asking, how can I endure? How, it's almost, how can I be fine with people that I love about to be destroyed? The first question is, do you love anybody? The second question is, how can you be fine with people you love being destroyed? May God help us in these last days to get Christians who will hit their knees discontent that people they love are being destroyed. The reversing procedure is what the king responds with. Then King Hadjarad, verse number seven is where we are, said unto Esther the queen of Mordecai, that you behold, talking to Esther and Mordecai, I have given Esther the house of Haman and him have hanged upon the gallows because he laid his hand upon the dude. Listen, I'm listen, I am in the process of reversing. I am setting the reversal procedure in motion. I'm about to take what Haman had going left and turn it right. I'm about to take what Haman had going south and send it north. I'm about to take what Haman had by way of destruction and turn it to delay. Does anybody sitting in Crossroads Baptist 
church believe that the king can turn demise to deliverance, that the king can turn sickness to healing, that the king can turn criticism to commendation, that the king can turn going down to going up. I'm trying to tell you the reversal is in the hand of the king and he's looking for somebody who will use access to get a hold of him. The reversing procedure. Move tonight from the exacted punishment for a few moments to what I call the effective proclamation. Now remember, it is the work of Haman that moves the king to make a decree. Esther's not going to go into the palace of Persia and change all of public policy. God is going to move. He's going to use policy that was first designed to destroy them and now use policy to deliver. It isn't amazing how God can use a system of destruction to be the same system of deliverance. Here's the same king that made a law to kill him that now is going to make a law to save him. Hey, let me tell you, there is not a segment of society, there is not a venue, there is not a department, there is not a, there's not a top secret place that is on lockdown that God doesn't have a key to. And here he is in Persia, working in the heart of a heathen man and moving in this heathen man to make a proclamation to benefit his children. Isn't it like God to take heathen organizations and heathen people and move their hearts on the behalf of God's people. Say it again. God is working behind the scenes. Say it with me. God is working behind. You do not have to get to a different job with a saved boss, saved workers, saved Bible verses on the wall, saved employees, saved HR department for things to work out for you. You just need God to take his hand and move on the hearts of heathen people on the behalf of your saved self. And he can. We make a lot of decisions because we don't believe God will move. So you know what we do? We fix it for him. I, don't, I got things that aren't working out, so I'm going to go in and move them out so they're going to work out. Because after all, my finite self can do better than God. Not Esther. So here is the effective proclamation. It begins with an authorized Capability. Now, remember, verse number seven says, I've hanged him on the gallows because he laid his hand upon the Jews. I like that verse, that last phrase in verse number seven. He got hung for messing with God's people. Now, listen to me. You got to believe. You got to believe, child of God, if you're saved in this wicked world, that God still knows you're his child. No, no, no. Only three of you believe that. God still knows you're his child. You say, well, God, God knows. Why do you say God knows? Because we act like we don't know sometimes. God still knows you're his child, and there is payback to messing with God. Listen, this man is dead, and Ahasuerus is still stating, listen, this guy got hung because he laid his hand upon the Jew. Even when God's people are in a heathen place, people will still pay for messing with God's people. Now, here's the authorized capability. Write ye also for the Jews. Remember, verse number seven says, Ahasuerus is talking to Esther and Mordecai. 
Okay, this is the king talking to Esther and Mordecai. Here's what the king, the highest ranking official in Persia, is saying to two foreigners in his land. Write ye also for the Jews, verse 8, as it what? As it liketh you. And write it in the what? King's name. How many know when you write something in somebody else's name that's called forgery? Unless they tell you to do it. Write it in the king's. Here's here's the authorized capability. It's a granted privilege that comes with a generous preference. Here's what the king says. Listen, I am so on your side. Are you listening to me, church? Just a chapter before, or a little bit more than that, this same king has written a decree to order the assassination of all the Jews. Now the king, watch watch when God starts moving. God takes a man who wrote a law against you who now says, Write your own law in my name for you. You write the decree. Didn't Haman come up with the other one? Isn't it amazing how you trust the Lord? God will take where an evil person wrote a law against you. God will flip the script and now you can write your own law for you. What a God. It doesn't mean it's going to happen this way every time. It doesn't mean that we're going to get a call from the White House tomorrow and say, all y'all members of Crossroads Baptist Church, y'all come up here and write every law in, in America. What God is simply saying is he knows how to turn things on your behalf. Granted privilege. Right? Listen, you and Mordecai, Esther, know the best thing that the Jews need. So you write this law in a way that fits the Write it. Listen, in your liking, watch this now, write it according to your liking, but write it in my name. This is an authorized cape. In other words, the law is going to have my name on it, but everything in it is going to be what you come up with. Now, you explain to me how two foreigners in this Persian land who happen to be there against their own will are in the presence of the king being told, you write a law the best way you like it and sign it with my name. Authorized capability. Granted privilege, generous preference. In my name, seal it with the king's ring. May no man reverse it. There's authorized capability. Notice the actualized copy. Look at verse number nine. Let's get to scribes. They're called. What are scribes? Scribes are ones that would copy the law down. Called at that time in the third month, that is in the month of Sivan, on the three and twentieth day thereof, as it was written, as it was written according to all that Mordecai commanded unto the Jews. Can you imagine the scribes coming in to copy out a law that Mordecai crafted? To the lieutenants, deputies, rulers of the province, verse number 9, which are from India unto Ethiopia, 127 provinces of every province, according to the writing thereof, and unto every people after their language, and to the Jews according to their writing, and according to their language. By the way, Mordecai is not just writing a law that the Jews receive. He's writing a law that everybody under the leadership of Ahasuerus will receive. How did this fella get? From absolutely being the target of Haman to being the crafter of policy. Because God's working behind the scenes. Now here's what I want to remind you, believer. You will never promote yourself as high as God can. 
You can go in there and take your own key. You can bust through windows and sneak down chimneys. And you're going to get, I'm going to get, people are going to recognize me. Listen to me. You better let God promote you. Psalm 75, promotion coming up from the east or the west or the south. God's the judge. He sent it up one and take it down. It's not your job to promote. Don't worry about promotion. Just worry about principles. He actualized copy. He wrote it in a Hagiaris, his name. Sealed it with the king's ring and sent letters by post on horseback and riders on mules, camels, and dromedaries. Here's what I have the advanced circulation. Now, God's, God's going to not only take a letter that Mordecai wrote, but He's going to send it all around everywhere. I mean, they're riding on horseback, riders on mules, camels, dromedaries. Listen, it's, it's going everywhere. It's going everywhere. What a God. Somebody say amen. What a blessing. I was thinking today, and we'll close. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought that Mordecai, and, and next week we'll see that this is not even the end of it. I mean, it's pretty good to be sitting in front of the king, and the king tells you basically you can write the laws, sign it with my name, and I'll circulate it around everywhere. I mean, he's going to take his ring off and give it to him. Somebody say amen to that. But that wasn't Mordecai at the beginning of the text. It wasn't Mordecai at the beginning of Esther. Here's a quote I want you to write down that the Lord and I were rehearsing today. And I want us to think about it because everybody wants to be Mordecai in Esther 8. Everybody listening? You're not allowed to be Mordecai in Esther 8 if you aren't Mordecai in Esther 1 through 7. Here's the, here's the quote that the, the Lord spoke to my heart about that I want us all to think about. The child of God who will not serve faithfully when he is burdened, will not steward favor when he's blessed. Let me say it again. The child of God who will not serve faithfully when he's burdened will not steward favor when he's blessed. Here's what I'm saying. If you can't serve God when it's tough on you, then you are not going to be able to handle God when he blesses you. And sometimes we're so busy complaining about how bad we, and we quit being faithful when it's tough. So God said, you ain't ready to be blessed when it's good. Listen, you've got to prove to God that you can be faithful when you're Mordecai with Haman trying to kill you so that God knows you know what to do when you're second in command writing laws for the whole land. And this is, listen, here's what we're saying. You, 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 if you can't do right when it's tough, don't expect God to trust you to do right when you triumph. We got to work at it. You don't pass the test in adversity. Thy faint of the day of adversity, thy strength is small. Everybody's going through something. But if you if you if you hitting and missing and not doing right and not being consistent and not honoring God and God understands because I just, you know, listen, he, got, he knows you know, it's hard for me to obey you, God, because the circumstances, I got a Hazarus that's thinking I'm not good and I got Haman that's on my back and I got laws against me. If you just clear things up for me, God, I could be a real good Christian. If you can't serve faithfully when you burden, you will not steward favor when you're blessed. You can't handle prosperity if you can't persevere through poverty. And may God help us.
to be, to be Mordecai when nobody likes him so that God can trust us to be Mordecai when you're riding through town, writing the laws for the whole land. Don't you want to be qualified for God's blessings? Then you got to be faithful when you're burdened. Our Father, we pray you bless us. Sometimes we disqualify ourselves from your favor because we're just not faithful. And I pray, God, that you help us. We're all being tested. Mordecai's being tested. Joseph's being tested. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego tested. Daniel tested. You're bigger than our test. And if we can't prove you're God enough when we're burdened, then we don't deserve to experience your God enough to bless us. Help us. All over the building, I pray that God is working in you and through you. And let's respond in action to his word. We thank you, Lord. Give us a great rest of the week and bless all of your people as we seek to live for you. For every burdened believer, help us to serve faithfully so that we're capable of stewarding favor. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being in church tonight. Let's give God the praise.